Welcome to Tech Driven Business brought to you by Innovative Solution Partners. In this episode, I welcome back Bill Newman of SAP. Listen in as Bill shares a background on the electric vehicles or the EV market. He dives into not only the past, but what we can expect to see down the road for suppliers across industries. Hello, Bill. How are you? Good, Mustens here. Good to be back on your show. Thank you. Thank you. Welcome to Tech Driven Business. Um, you know, we had some interesting conversations in the past, and I'd like to continue our, our talk. But this time I picked a, a different topic than what we had uh, discussed in the past. So looking forward to having that conversation with you. Sounds great. Let's dive in. All right. So what we want to discuss uh, as part of the show today is uh, electric vehicles or EV and technology and how they go hand in hand. So with that, uh, let's start with our uh, our conversation. Um, I want to start off with uh, what are some of the cool things on the horizon when we talk about EV market? Can you just give us some some uh, background and, and you know your perspective on that? Well, sure. I think listeners will be pretty familiar with the light passenger space. So battery electric vehicles, plug-in hybrid electric vehicles, particularly those are going to be some of the things that we're, we're seeing now and will continue to see. In, in other parts of the vehicle space, we're seeing you know hydrogen, um, other aspects of, of fuel cell technology, particularly for long haul. Um, but the general consumer, unless they're part of that transportation business, is probably, at least in the near term, not, not going to be impacted by that. Um, so with electrification comes this pesky business of having to charge a vehicle, right? And so um, I think uh, listeners might, might be aware of the term range anxiety. So the, the, the good news is, is that um, on a couple of fronts, so battery density and the ability to charge a battery quickly using uh, DC direct current, fast charging methods, and even some infrastructure that allows parallel DC fast charging will become more and more available. So it's not just we need locations for um, charging, but we also need those locations to be quick, efficient, and effective. Um, People understand that uh, you can't just put charging stations out in a parking lot and it works great in the summertime. But, you know, when there's weather <laughs> and in the Sun Belt, the, the weather can be in the summertime. You know, you have to also provide a, a friendly charging environment for that. So you're going to have covers and maybe some solar collection on the top of the covers, maybe some heated environments for northern climates. Um, these things are all being talked about. We went in kind of deep with them with a recent Center of Automotive Research event that we had uh, that SAP sponsored in San Ramon um, at the end of 2022. Um, and I think also, too, the fact that the federal government is, is uh, enabling an additional subsidy program for passenger EVs uh, and also putting some significant infrastructure dollars on the table as a part of the IRA um, will allow not just the coasts and a lot of the key Gulf Sunbelt strips, which 
do seem to have a high propensity for, for charging station density, but allow those to fill into places like in, you know, America's heartland where uh, there's lots of open stretches uh, in places where uh, the traditional oil and gas companies have fought to keep, you know, electric charging out. Um, so I do think that you'll begin to see over the next few years um, a little bit less range anxiety. Maybe even we get closer to the mythical thousand mile charge, uh, which would really free up um, EVs as a as a you know uh, a cross continental and road trip kind of um, platform that you could take you know with your with your friends, your family, maybe even towing. Um, given the fact that we've got some really cool high torque electric vehicle trucks that are now making it into the marketplace and are getting very, very well received. So, uh, you know, here to, here to kind of show everybody around the candy store, what, what might be coming with EVs and so far it all looks pretty good over the next few years. Yeah, I think it's a very exciting time that we're living in, especially that, uh, some of the, changes that are coming in this segment of the market is is pretty phenomenal um and how the 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 battery life has been extending you know in a matter of very very short period of time so i think this is really exciting stuff so taking that 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 growth in that ev space you know now looking from the lens of a technology company you know how can tech companies support this uh, evolving EV market? Well, staying on the topic of point charging, we're, we see there an emergence of a, of a new role in the auto ecosystem and that of energy provisioner. So being, being not just the companies that create third-party charging stations, but actually brands owning that as an option to say someone like you or I buying an electric vehicle, just like we would decide that we want some sporty wheels and you know trim packages on our vehicle. Um, maybe there's a package for you know pulling a boat and we'll also be able to buy a trim package um, to, to hang a charging unit on the inside of our garage and be able to, uh, to charge that way. Those are products that need to be built. Those are products that need to be serviced and managed. And guess what? There's a lot of companies like all the big brands that want to have a piece of that and not only just white label those to be able to provide to their uh, customers, but also be able to you know, potentially do some fractal fractal billing, you know, a few basis pennies per kilowatt hour over time really adds up. Right. And so there's a, there's a significant upside and revenue potential there. And the Wall Street Journal um, covered that pretty extensively in an article in uh, late 2022. So those are all good things, you know, from a vehicle technology perspective, obviously higher density batteries, um, non non uh, heavy metal batteries. So doing a lot of work with silicone which can be developed synthetically and not have to be mined and harvested out of tough to reach and sometimes areas with really poor labor practices or maybe you know not politically friendly to to western western markets um, so there's a real upside there and really just also i think when you look at evs the nature and i've spoken about this on this program and others the nature of how evs are shifting the experience for 
um, from the front seat driver experience to what I call the back seat passenger experience, where you might be, you know, traveling in a semi-autonomized vehicle that is electrified and, you know, may not have a steering wheel, may actually feel more like a, a rolling um, either workplace or family space. And those provide new opportunities for companies who provide interiors, uh, who provide lighting, um, who provide uh, sound and instrumentation. Um, and, and we are working with suppliers today, automotive suppliers today, that are really uh, thrilled with the opportunity to come up with some of these new creative designs or creative applications to support some of the new technologies that are going into different EV designs. So that that piece is, is really extraordinary. And if you look back in time, it's almost like when we kind of left the Model A and the kind of the lifted carriage design that Henry Ford made so popular and really began to go into, you know, the, the longer sedan-like driving experience where everybody could you know, go for a Sunday drive in the countryside. And it was, you know, really liberating. I think, you know, in many ways, we're at that next juncture point now in the design of vehicles that that EV is letting us uh, kind of aspire to. Yeah, I think I, I like your comparison. Um, you know, really, it is coming to the point where we are going to see a, a big shift, at least, you know, from the vantage point we are at right now, seems like the, the possibilities are endless, especially uh, when you talk about the, the interior of a car and the experience uh, of a passenger, not just a driver. Uh, you're bringing in a whole new market segment, not only for uh, organizations who are building those interiors, but uh, technology companies who provide those kind of uh, accessories where it opens up a lot of opportunities for the consumers to have a, a different experience altogether in a vehicle. So I'll just, add, I'll just add really quickly to that and do a shout out to the experiences per mile advisory council and the report that they issued in 2022 actually put, put was the first report of its kind that suggested that the utility or the experience value, the value of an experience was different based on the purpose for that particular use of a vehicle. So if I was going on a, on a, on a vacation road trip or if I was just driving to the office or I, were, I was taking my kids to a soccer practice, um, there were lots of different use cases. And it's, it's really pretty extraordinary to see then, are we, are we moving to a place, particularly with new EV design, where we're actually designing or maybe just using a vehicle specifically fit for a given purpose or a set of specific purposes. And then for another basket of reasons why we would use a vehicle, we use something completely different altogether. Um, really, really suggests a, a, a huge differentiation in potentially where vehicles could go and maybe moving out of that, how many hundred of thousands of this particular vehicle did I produce to make money in a particular year to, you know, how personalized was I able to make this vehicle experience uh, to my customers and how many times were they able to come into my portfolio of different vehicles 
to get the value that they wanted. So it's pretty fascinating stuff. Yeah, I think you touched upon a very important point over here, the experience economy, right? I mean, everything is about the experience now. And and uh, this whole EV market can definitely change how folks look at and, and, and a mode of transportation being so versatile and so open to having these possibilities which were unimaginable, you know, a, a few years back. So definitely a, a big shift in this uh, in this direction. Uh, so on a, on, a, on, a, on a separate note, you know, um, let me ask you this, you know, what do you consider your biggest accomplishment? Uh, and I, I know on a professional level, definitely you have a, a lot to share, but uh, something that sticks out to you on a personal or professional level that you'd like to share with our listeners? Well, I think outside of my family on a personal level, um, you know, professionally, I've always, I've always tried to be more of a teacher and a mentor. Um, interesting story. When I was a junior at UCLA, I was a substitute teacher for a school district that was on strike and, you know, all, all the world, all the world of respect to educators out there. But, you know, I was a, I was a hungry college student that needed to earn a few bucks. So I taught some math classes. Um, one of my, uh, most fulfilling moments in my early adulthood was being able to uh, work with some of the high school students that frankly hadn't gotten much of a shot kind of from the institutional educators that were working at the high school that I was pinch hitting in and really being able to, to, to watch them grow. And, and I've learned over the years that some of them have actually gone on to become educators themselves. So I find that hugely fulfilling and, and feel as though I, I have in a small way left, left a mark in, you know, in somebody's, you know, life moving forward. Um, also just, you know, as a youth leader too, you know, as the same thing, whether it's at church or Boy Scouts or any of those things, you know, professionally, I've been part of some really cool vehicle design programs. Listeners might know that uh, I was an airplane guy before I was an automobile guy. So being able to take, you know, advantage of some, you know, kind of design to first flight uh, vehicle programs was was really rewarding for me, uh, as well as watching um, the Volkswagen Beetle sunset and roll off the assembly line down in Puebla, Mexico, uh, after owning one as my first car uh, when I was when I had just gotten my license when I was 16. So um, those are just some fun things that come to mind. Appreciate you asking the question. Now, that's awesome. I I, I I can see that 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 spark in your eyes when you talk about teaching and your passion for that and how it relates to your professional life also. Um, but coming back to our topic, you know, when you talk about EVs and, and this whole conversation about technology, uh, what's your take on sustainability you know how big a role is sustainability playing for the supply chain as we have seen um, in the past year or, or what do you see as a future in 2023 well for sure you know we're we're doing in our supply chain we're moving more to a make make to market so more of a regionalization which is good which is good ecologically you know putting things on airplanes and putting them on boats and making them go thousands of miles 
you know, yeah, I understand that there's a factor cost benefit to it to keep the price low, but it's not a good thing in terms of emissions, either from vehicles or from ships, uh, air vehicles, airplanes, air cargo jets in particular. And it's also very expensive. Um, So I think that that aside, being able to figure out a way to manufacture EV technologies uh, with less of a reliance on heavy materials that, again, need to be strip mined in many situations and, um, you know, have a tendency to devastate the environment of developing nations and and not so developing nations who are who are doing that at their own expense. I think that there's something to be said about that. Um, you know, we're going to look at scope one, two, and possibly scope three requirements, along with with significant tailpipe emission requirements and other rules that are going to come to the U.S. Um, in 2023. Um, one can imagine that if I don't have my rules in alignment, I I I could I could as a you know, innocent EV owner purchase a vehicle that was manufactured using, you know, uh, inappropriate labor sources um, with materials that were mined in non-environmentally friendly ways and powered by um, non-environmentally friendly coal-fired electrical plants. So, mm-hmm. you know, just because you drive an EV doesn't mean that you're you're being ecologically mindful. You have to really understand where it's all coming from and how you're using it. So sustainability plays a huge role there. We're going to see more regulatory impacts and reporting impacts as we go into 2023. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, and frankly, that works for people who want to drive gas powered vehicles as well, right? You know, they're complex pieces of machinery and whether you have an affinity to drive gas powered electric or what have you, um, mm-hmm. there's no guarantee that just because you climb behind a wheel, some, some gas powered vehicles are actually more sustainable than EVs. So it's not a black and white thing. You really have to no, just to use the expression, you really have to go under the hood to understand what's going on there so that you are, you're, you're putting your money in a meaningful way in a, in a place where you can act accordingly, uh, based on, you know, your, your, your beliefs for what sustainability means for you. Yeah. And I think uh, you just hit it really um, right on the point when you talk about, you really have to look under the hood to see what's going on. And that's a good advice for, um, for our listeners to kind of keep that in mind when you look at sustainability and how big of a role it plays, you know, overall. So, um, I think that kind of brings us to the, towards the end of our conversation. And uh, like I say, always, you know, what is the one takeaway that, you know, from this particular topic that we're talking about uh, that you want our listeners to keep in mind, you know, how we move through 2023? Well, I think on the topic of EVs, you know, just to kind of wrap up the last piece that we were discussing, I think you have to decide what kind of an impact and how early you want to make. If you are going to be, a, a, a green buyer and be conscientious and put your money, put your money where your mouth is. And for those people who really want to make an impact right now, immediately and feel good about what they're doing over the next five to 10 years with the environment, 
buy a plug-in electric uh, hybrid electric vehicle. It's proven technology. Do plug it in. Don't drive it like a gas-powered vehicle because then you're no better off than if you're filling up at the gas station. Um, but that's very finely tuned uh, technology. It's multi-generations old. Um, you know, if you do feel that compelled to go in and, and buy a, a full battery electric vehicle, also understand that the technology is going to significantly improve, not quite like Moore's Law, but you're going to see some significant improvements in vehicle performance and comfort, maybe not reliability because they're generally very high quality vehicles built today. Um, but certainly in terms of battery capacity range, et cetera, you're going to, you're going to see some real significant improvements in the next two to three years. Um, but again, plan to drive the car for 10 years, 15 years, 20 years. That's how they're built. And that's a real change in the mindset, particularly of North American auto consumers who, you know, 20 is as recent as 20 years ago, generally bought or leased a new car every four to six years. You know, we're moving away from that. So be really happy and confident in the purchase, particularly that you're making when you do, when and if you do go in for a form of electric vehicle. And uh, that way you'll be, uh, you'll be quite satisfied uh, over the period of ownership. That's a good advice to keep in mind. So, so thank you so much, Bill. It has been a pleasure talking with you and it was a, a great conversation, especially this topic, you know, has been lingering uh, and a lot of folks have questions in terms of how we are seeing the market now, but also what is the future holds for them. So thank you again for sharing your, your insights into this topic. Great to be with you again. Take care. Have a great day. You too. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Tech Driven Business brought to you by Innovative Solution Partners. Bill covered so many aspects of the quickly evolving EV market. His main takeaway? Decide what kind of environmental impact you want to make and when. We would love to hear from you. Continue the conversation by connecting with me on LinkedIn or Twitter. Learn more about Innovative Solution Partners and schedule a free consultation by visiting isolutionpartners.com. Never miss a podcast by subscribing to our YouTube channel. Information is in the show notes.